0: Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for a January Q&A episode. But, folks, before we get into any of these great questions, <laughs> how about Jeff Mitty's Kansas State women's Fightin' Wildcats basketball team? Folks, they pulled off uh, probably one of the best wins In program history on Monday night. Now, I want to give I want to give credit to uh, credit to one of the boneheads. Uh, I'm sure he's listening. He made sure to let uh, my opinion on Manhattan breakfast diners uh, known that he 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 hates it, hates that opinion. But MJ, one of the loyal Wildcats up in Iowa. He said it, and I, I think he—I think what he said was perfect, and it really hit home for me. He said that the game on Monday versus Baylor may have been the best win, win in the history of K-State women's basketball, and his fandom dates back to 1995. At MJ underscore from underscore Kansas. He's a two-time uh, trivia participant. And when he said that, I just kind of sat back and, and, and I tried to think about it. And I, I I think it has a claim to being true. If, if you go back to some of the, to the Big 12 championship teams of the past, team of the past, um, they never had to go on the road and take down one of the best teams in the nation on the road without their star player, their number one star player. You look at the Iowa game at Iowa this year. Hey, you had Aoka Lee. Um, I I think you could maybe make an argument for last year's Iowa uh, game uh, because you were doing it with an unproven team without their star. But here's the thing. That team ended up not even making the NCAA tournament. The win on Monday night not only proved that this team is capable of beating just about anyone in the country without their star player, but then proved once again that they can do it anywhere in the country. They went to Iowa City and beat Iowa. They went into Waco and took down Baylor. Look. This team is on a collision course with greatness. In the coaches poll, which was released after the game, so uh, today, Tuesday morning, as I'm I'm recording this, yesterday as you guys are listening to it, they're the number two team in the nation. Before the game versus Baylor, the the AP had them at number four. This team is... Is a Final Four contender. This team is a Big 12 championship contender. This team truly, truly is flirting with greatness uh, and at a level that we have never seen before here at Kansas State. And if and look, i in look i was about to say and if you aren't watching them you know I, I try not to tell folks what to do but but folks it's getting really hard to justify not watching not buying in to this team every time they play they're entertaining they have so much grit they have so much drive and, and look i actually didn't watch them the majority of the game on monday i didn't watch almost any of it because the Fox Sports 1 broadcast started off uh, super shitty. So I listened to it on the K-State Sports app. And I just closed my eyes and listened to Brian Smoller paint a, an a artistic vision of what was going on in Waco. And I was living and dying with every word in that second half. And I I could not be more pumped. I could not be more over the moon for this team. You know, I, I, I was able to go back and watch highlights, and it even takes it to a whole other level. Now, it's not without blame because that first half, uh, what? so the first 17 minutes or so, it was real ugly. It was real ugly. Uh, seemingly every single possession Baylor had, it was an and one at the rim. Uh K, you know, couldn't stop fouling. They weren't really getting a ton of buckets to drop. You know, they, they they would get a bucket every now and then. Um They they went on a run to cut the lead from 13 down to nine right before half. Serena Sundell turns her ankle. And I'm thinking at halftime as I'm listening to the halftime show, like, yeah, uh, not gonna lie, if, if they can't get hot, if they can't get things going in the second half. I might just, I just might turn it off. Might, might you know, throw on Big Monday. Might throw on some other college basketball. Might listen to a podcast. Just call it a night. But when Jeff Mitty's team came out of that locker room, uh, they they could not be stopped, and, and Baylor could not score. Baylor came in averaging 81 points a game, and K State continues. Their unreal defensive streak, just unreal defensive streak, keeping teams under 60 points, and held Baylor to 55. They held Baylor to 8 points in the third quarter and 8 points in the fourth quarter. Honestly, you you go back and look at it, K-State, 15 points, 15 points, 14, 14. Again, it's nothing crazy on offense. And again, you know, they, they ended up with, what, 69 versus KU, so, so not a ton of offense. Um, but what they were able to do on defense, look, they had to, the way they are playing offense, and we're going to talk about some of the top performers because there was some big-time performances on offense, but the way that they were playing, you know, they had to have an unreal, unreal performance on defense uh, to straight up stop them. Baylor scored more in each of the first and second quarters than they did the entire second half. The entire second half. First quarter, they scored 19. Second quarter, they scored 20. 16 total points in the second half. So holding a team. Over 20 points. They held them 26 points under their season average to go in and get a win. Everyone says good defense travels. You know, defense wins championships. I think that's a little outdated. I think if this team is going to go on to greatness, it will be dependent on Aoka League getting back and providing that extra offensive punch You know, I I think it's going to require not turning the ball over um, 20 times. Although, look, it was only two turnovers. It was only two turnovers in the second half because I think they had 18 in the first half. That that might be an exaggeration. It might have been like 15 in the first half. But they had an insane amount of turnovers. You know, 44% from the field, not bad. 28% from three, not great. 10 of 17 from the free throw line, including going 4 of 10 from the free throw line in the third quarter, not great. But their defense, powered by the gap goat, powered by just the buy-in from this team, um, propelled them to a win over the number 13 Baylor Bears. Again, if you're not watching this team, I again, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I think you should. The, they, the, the buy-in, the emotion, and everything they put into this game is well worth your time. And, and i got to give a lot of credit to Jeff Mitty because uh, you know, while he came on this show, folks know that I, I've been a little critical of him uh, in the past. Uh, I, I feel like at times K-State has underachieved a little bit. Uh, versus you know the the peaks that they've been able to show and I, I feel like too many times they also find that valley in the same season but what he was able to do the halftime adjustments and to his credit you know so i i'm one of them i i thought you know throughout his career he's played a little bit too much zone but he shoves it in my dumb face has great zone defense in the second half throwing it at Baylor kind of sporadically, switching back and forth between man and zone, and just put Baylor into a box that they could not solve their way out of. The late game execution, the clutch plays, this team is, I mean, look, I'm running out of adjectives. This team is the real deal. And you want to talk about heroes. Eliza Moppen, 29 minutes off the bench, 6 of 6 from the field, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, grabbed 9 rebounds, grabbed a steal, grabbed a block, 16 total points. She had a career game, a legacy game. Gabby Gregory playing on a bum ankle. Six of 11 from the field. Three of six from three. We're not going to talk about what she did at the free throw line. That was not really good. Grabbed four rebounds. Had four assists. Had a block. Absolutely massive. Serena Sundell. Now she had eight turnovers. That was not good. That's not good. We, We call balls and strikes. Eight turnovers, not good, but know what is good? 16 points, four steals, a block, five rebounds. Five of eight from the free throw line, five of nine from the field. Absolutely on fire. Both the Glenn twins put in great shifts on defense. Jalen Glenn played all 40 minutes. You had Ziana Walker. I mean, look, she she didn't have a good game—one of seven from the field—but she put in 21 minutes. She she uh, you know grabbed two assists, a steal, couple rebounds. You know, everyone put in time. You know, uh, Terrence Sides had to play. Heavenly Greer got it on, on the floor. You know, again, uh, it wasn't a ton of minutes. Lester was on on the court as well. You had to throw a ton of bodies at Baylor in that first half because of how things were going uh, foul trouble wise. But they figured it out in the second half. They came storming back, and they had probably the single greatest half of defensive basketball that women's basketball, women's college basketball, has seen all season. I don't think it is hyperbole when I say that this team has what it takes to put K-State in a position to do something they've never done before. You know, even with all those great teams of the past, K-State's only gotten to the second weekend one time. This team, even without their first-team All-American, All-World player, one of the greatest Basketball players K-State has ever seen. Probably the most dominant player this side of Michael Beasley. Out, and hey, no problem. We're going to take down a top 15 team in their own arena. Their brand new arena. They are second to none on this campus. This is the best team that has stepped foot on K-State's campus in a long time. And they're going to be in Manhattan taking on BYU at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Look, again, I, I, I try not to, uh, I try not to tell folks what to do with their money, and heck, I, I, I try not to tell folks uh, what to do if I'm not going to be able to commit to doing it either. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to Manhattan for that game, but I'm damn well gonna try. And as we uh, look at Uh, As we look at the uh, schedule, like I said, BYU, Saturday, 4 p.m. I'm going to try to be there. If you can't uh, get there, it is on ESPN+. And then they close out the month on the road at Oklahoma. No reason why the 1.5 game uh, lead in the Big 12 can't uh, just improve uh, before we get to February. Uh, Iowa State, who's currently in second place, is at Kansas, at West Virginia, and hosting Oklahoma State to uh, see out their month. Uh, Like I said, we have Oklahoma on the road. Uh, Baylor's out of it. (laughs) And then uh, Texas, Uh, look, they have Oklahoma at home and Cincinnati at home. So uh, that game uh, with the Longhorns on February 4th on that Sunday is going to be a massive one. But, hey, we just saw there's no reason to believe – Um, given any situation that this team can't go uh, anywhere and get a win. So uh, if you're going to be in Bramlage on Saturday, let me know. I'm going to be working to try to make sure I can be there as well. Now before we get into our uh, awesome questions, let's give a shout out to Charlie Hustle. Look, everyone knows all the great stuff about Charlie Hustle. Uh, you guys have heard me, but we're currently in a competition with Arkansas fans, Missouri fans, and Kansas fans trying to see who will support their coach in their fight uh, versus cancer in the Coaches versus Cancer uh, t shirt. So, Jerome Tang has an awesome t shirt up on charleyhustle.com right now. Uh, 25% of the proceeds are going to Coaches versus Cancer and the American Cancer Foundation. So not only will you be looking good, not only will you be helping Coach Tango head-to-head against some of these other coaches, but you will be helping out a great cause. Get over to charliehustle.com today. All right, let's get to your Ask Bosco questions. We have some good ones. Um, A lot of the uh, heavy hitters uh, today. We got some Powercat Ryan uh, we got uh, t- t- some Steve Z, we got some Mark, we got some Ema Elvis, truly the best of the best. Have, have a couple others sprinkled in as well. Honestly, it's probably a good thing uh, on the relative lighter side for a QA and a episode because, uh, folks, I-, I was so pumped about that women's game. Uh, so it took up a good chunk. Because uh, you know me, I like to keep these Q&A episodes under 45 minutes if we can. All right, let's get to the first one. Uh, we're starting off with all of Powercat Ryan's. Uh, his first one, rank the top five men's basketball players this season you trust uh, with the ball in their hands and the game on the line. Right now, coming coming after that uh, Baylor game, it's hard to put anyone except for Arthur Kaluma number one. So I'm going with Arthur Kaluma, number one. Um, As bad as he's been recently, and as much as that uh, Texas Tech game uh, final possession haunts me a little bit, Tyler Perry has made massive shots to win games and get games to overtime um, a handful of times already this season. So I'm going Tyler Perry, number two. Um, I'm going Cam Carter, number three. Again, he can get to the rim. He's been finishing well at the rim. Uh, Decent free throw shooter. um, Decent three-point shooter. Um, So I'm going with Cam Carter, number three. I'm going David Gasson, number four. Um, Look, I'm not wanting to run a uh, a, a set for him to shoot a three, even though he's hit a couple. Uh, Should have had two on Saturday. Uh, One got wiped off. Uh, But being able to run you know, a a play, having him run at the rim, having him uh, just get the ball on the post or get an offensive rebound, I'm putting David Gasson number four. And look, for number five, I I am going with Will McNair. I'm I'm just going starting five. I'm going chalk. Will McNair, uh, if he's had a good night in the post, um, if you can clear out the lane, let him post up, and go for one of those right-handed hook shots right at the rim, um, I'm taking that over anyone on the bench. Now, I'd love to say toss an alley-oop to Buddy Rich. I'd love to get to the point where I'm thinking Day-Day Ames can consistently get to the rim on the left side and finish. Would love to get to the point where I can consistently depend on RJ to hit a three. Would love to get to the point where you you, you can depend on Dorian Finister uh, doing something uh, when it comes to scoring the ball, he he's had a rough couple uh, days, but but I do think it is chalk uh, with the starting lineup: Kaluma, Perry, Carter, Gasan, and then Will McNair. Um, all right, we got the next one. Uh, Power Cat Ryan, can women's basketball get some extra credit wins by winning with Aoka Lee, or will they be penalized? Uh, by the committee, if they drop a couple, they shouldn't. Well, first off, I don't. I mean, look, anything can happen in, in basketball, no matter the level. Uh, but women's college basketball. I mean, we saw KU, uh, you know, a, a team that doesn't have a good record, uh, cut the lead to within four late versus K State. We saw them actually blow out Baylor on their home floor. Um, anything can happen, but I don't see them. Uh, dropping any games how much extra credit are they going to get getting some of these wins without aokali i don't really know um i i I don't know i i I truly don't know i i think we're in a battle for a one seed so i i really think when it's going to be a one or two seed i don't think you're going to get any extra credit because you get some big wins without your all america all world uh player um, I don't think you're going to necessarily get hurt more uh, b- because you lost the games. I think when you are competing for a one or two seed, um, you- you're not going to be saved by not having your player. So I, I think they're just going to look at the resume, and hopefully they can just keep winning. Um, next one from Paracat Ryan. Uh, does one of the assistant men's basketball coaches have a magic offense like Brad Under? underwood installed when we were sputtering sputtering under frank martin um i doubt it um this this team is all about defense uh i think jerome tang has said on uh many occasions that they have three coaches who, who are about defense and one that's about offense and rodney perry's the one who is all about offense um You know, it it has been ugly. I mean, I'll I'll take 70 points any night you got there versus Oklahoma State. Um, But you're going to have to figure something out in the next two games. Um, I I think it's going to be tough. I I think it's going to be tough to take on Iowa State. I think it's going to be tough to take on Houston. And I would imagine that uh, in both those games, uh, fans are going to be disappointed and frustrated with the offense. But I think that's just going to be life on the bubble uh, this season. I uh, would love to be wrong. I uh, would love uh, to find a way to, to figure that out. Hold on to that share of first place. Uh, but but I, th- I think folks tonight are, are going to be frustrated with the offense uh, with Iowa State. But no, I, I don't think so. I, I they, 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 they have a couple different sets that they've been running. They've kind of evolved a little bit away from that five out, especially when McNair and Gasson are both on the court at the same time. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think there's going to be a magic wand anywhere. Final one from Paracat Ryan, start bench cut, general alco- alcohol sales in Bill Snyder family Stadium, control of music during a men's basketball game and bring back a live mascot. I'm starting bringing back Bosco. only Bosco. Uh, look, some of these live mascots, I think just look sad. Like Bevo looks miserable. Like running of Ralphie's cool, but man, I I can't imagine that Buffalo really likes that that much. Like the caged up pig at Arkansas, that pig looks miserable. Keeping like the gamecock on a leash that looks miserable. I you know I I've seen the horses at OU get scared of the guns going off. I, I've heard stories of touchdown now. Like, I I think live mascots should probably be uh, just dogs and only for, like, fall games. If it's too cold, no, let them stay home. If it's too hot, basically all of non-con games, no. I I basically, uh, you you can have a dog at basketball games or climate-controlled events or, like, October and early November, (laughs) so so that's what i'm starting i'm gonna bench alcohol sales at the bill and i'm gonna cut control of men's basketball music i think they're dumb about some of the stuff they do but for the most part it's fine so that's that's where i am next one up we got skylar martinez with 13 games left on the schedule what do I predict uh the record to be at? I'm pretty sure this is the men. All right, so I'll just go game by game, gun to my head. Um loss at Iowa State, loss at Houston, win at Oklahoma, one and two. Win at Oklahoma State, uh losing at home to KU, winning on the road at BYU, winning on the road at TCU. Winning on the road at Texas, winning at home versus BYU. Man, okay. <laughs> so I just said six and one. No, okay. So January, January, we're gonna end one and th- two. One and two, we're gonna end January one and two. February, we're gonna go five and two. Hell yeah! Uh, so that's gonna be six and three, and then March one and two so what was that so two and four so eight and what would that be eight and seven eight and seven so there we go eight and seven down the stretch i mean that that's putting you at ten and eight in conference play and pretty safely in the ncaa tournament um so yeah one and two One and two, five and two, one and two. February is going to be good. End of January and March is going to be rough. So that ends us with a 10 and eight. So there we go. There we go. 10 and eight. God, if we can get one, if we can get Iowa State or Houston, that would just be so massive. Oh, man, I hope we do. All right, uh, K-State Kevin, what do I think the women's record is going to be with Aoka Lee out? Um... Look, uh, I, I think I think that K State just won their toughest game without Aoka Lee. Um So we're currently two and zero. I think we beat BYU three and zero. I'm gonna have us beating Oklahoma on the road four and zero. I'm gonna have us drop the rematch with Texas four and one. Beat Oklahoma State at home five and one. Now, the Iowa State game is when Aoka Lee could come back the first Iowa State game. If we don't get her back, I think we drop that one, so that would bring us to four and two. Um, let's just say she is out all of uh, almost all of February, get her the back for the final two. We'd beat UCF, we'd beat West Virginia at home. We'd beat KU on the road. Then Iowa State at home, uh, we'd win there as well. Uh, and then I think we went at Texas Tech. So so really I'm predicting K State um, down the stretch. And, and really I'd say this with or without Aoka Lee. I think that they can go eight and two down the stretch. And if they go eight and two down the stretch, as long as they don't get swept by Iowa State, there is no scenario. Well, I guess Texas would still have to drop one more game. Uh, but you you go eight and two down the stretch. Um, it would take something miraculous from either Iowa State or Texas uh, to to pry away the Big Twelve title. So um, that's what I'm going with. I'm saying eight and two down the stretch. No matter what we have going on. All right, we got uh, Powercat Eng Bosco's boys. I recommend a discussion of which 2023-24 KSU student athlete has the most swag. Miss Walker from the women's basketball team should be in the discussion. Godspeed. 100%. Uh, this is not to take away um, anything from anyone else on the basketball team, but Ziana Walker uh, has that, I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to taunt you. I'm going to talk trash a little bit. I got that swag. I don't think a lot of the women's basketball team has that. Uh, there's a little bit of that from, you know, the Glenn Twins. Um, but but you don't see a lot of that. If you go to the men's basketball team, I, I, they're all pretty quiet personalities. Um, I I, th- I really think the three freshmen, RJ Dayday and Buddy Rich, probably have the most of that uh, on the team. Um, but everyone else is just kind of a quiet personality. After that, you you, you go looking at the football team. Uh, obviously I think Avery Johnson, I think Jace Brown both have that. Um you, you see a little little bit of it peeking out with Jacob Parrish. Um but but I think a lot of it's Avery and Jace Brown um there. Um I'm trying to think. Um who am I uh oh, the the volleyball team Aaliyah Carter, she she love when she when she gets a kill, she'll let you know. So Aaliyah Carter has a lot of swag. Um, baseball team I, I'll be honest I don't know enough about the swagger level for the basketball team but I think I think uh, as you put it I think Miss Walker really does have a have a great claim to that all right we got college f-ball 199 if I gave you 80 million dollars to renovate Bramlage what would you do to upgrade it and would 80 million be enough to do a full renovation oh my god I mean this is probably I mean, look, I know I got hated on talking about how much I like early edition uh after the last episode and how I prefer going there versus trying to go to the chef. Um which I mean, whatever. Maybe I need to put more of an effort into going to the chef and giving them more of my business. I don't know. Um look, I I don't I've been to I think at this point, 18 different Division I basketball arenas or, or seen basketball games in 18 different. No, it's 18 different campuses. So that's not even counting like, uh, you know, Entrust or T-Mobile or, you know, down in Atlanta or Oklahoma. I've been to 18 different campus basketball stadiums. And I I just do not understand people's frustration With Bramlage. I I understand that the media doesn't like it because um because they you know it's it's kind of awkward for them. It's not a great working environment for them. Whatever. As a fan, I I just I I I just want people to go to different basketball games and and sit in like some shitty seats. You know, I, I went to Hinkle Fieldhouse and I didn't have great seats, and I was just like Man, the, the atmosphere, like, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, the thing everyone wants is a new mid-level concourse at Bramlage and, and kind of split the seating arena to have, like, an upper and a lower area. And I've I I've sat in the upper uh, and lower parts of uh, Hilton. I've sat in different parts of Allen Fieldhouse. Um, I was in the upper deck of uh, Hinkle of Gallagher-Iba. I've been, I, I've sat all over Floyd Noble Center, um, uh, Coke Arena. I'm trying to think of, of, of all the ones of uh, the old Hearn Center in, in Missouri, uh, the new one, whatever they call it, Mizzou Arena. Um, I, I, I've uh, I've been to the Coliseum in, in West Virginia for a game. Like all these different places and the atmosphere—you feel separated from the atmosphere if you're not in that lower level, and and it, it creates this aura of uh, of not discrepancy, but but there's just you, you just feel further away from the court. I mean, my seats in Bramlage Coliseum, my season tickets are up on, on row 26, right, or 28, or 26. I mean, it's up there. Uh, I, I just have bench seats, uh, twenty-six row twenty-six. So I'm up there, but you feel every bit of that emotion. You feel all. You don't feel separated. You know, everyone looks at TCU's football stadium and they want to talk about how oh this is the way this is the way no it is not the way with you know building a smaller stadium and setting up these different levels you you draw and keep drawing away from the field the higher up you get and you don't feel any of the atmosphere you don't feel anything about what it's like to be playing you know in, in a college football stadium so I get it. I get it. All the old heads are like, "Oh, A- Hern was so much better back in my day," and, and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh man, if some of these young kids could have seen Bramlage back in 2010 to 2014." Everything seems better when you were ages, you know, 15 to when you graduated school. The the building, like, look the the worst seat. The worst seats in Ahern could not hold a finger to the best or to to the worst seats in Bramlage. There isn't a bad seat in Bramlage. I don't want to take away from the atmosphere by putting in some mid level deck. I look, I I know all anyone who's into architecture, they're probably just screaming at me. And and I know one person in particular, I'm going to get a text from him. He's gonna tell me how stupid I am. But if you gave me eighty million dollars, I would just put in some more loge boxes. I would renovate the concourse a little more. I would not change a thing, a thing about the the like the main seating bowl in Bramlage outside of putting some more loge boxes in there, maximize revenue. Um, whatever. I I I just don't understand the hate for Bramlage. I don't. All right, something I love and something that everyone loves, Manhattan Brewing Company. Everyone knows that the thing you need to do every time you come in for a basketball game, and I expect folks to do this on Saturday before the men's, or excuse me, before the women's game with BYU, you get a pint, you get a four-pack, and then you get a crowler at Manhattan Brewing Company. But they did drop something, uh, their no-quit New England IPA, in honor of Brady Smith, I, I was lucky enough to live uh, just cat a corner to Brady my final year at K State. Uh, I was able to interact and hang out with him quite a bit. He was big time in the Go community. And a portion of every single beer, every single no quit uh, New England IPA is going to go to uh, fund a wrestling scholarship in his honor. Uh, Brady was a great guy. He fought cancer so, so, so tough. He truly had no quit. Um, And Manhattan Brewing Company has been doing this beer for a few years now. Uh, It's delicious. It's a four-pack, soft and citrus, uh, just exploding with uh, flavor. Um, So please, when you get into Manhattan, uh, buy a couple four-packs. Buy a couple pints of the No Quit New England IPA. Shout-out to Manhattan Brewing Company for doing that. Uh, A great way to honor such a great man. All right, we're going to finish with the uh, final handful of questions. Shout-out to Manhattan Brewing Company. Shout-out to Brady Smith. Um, Just a great guy. Just a great guy. All right, um, we got uh, Steve Z. We got three from uh, Steve Z. What are the top three... Logo, mascot, color, combos, in college sports. Um, I truly think the lavender, dark purple, and cocaine willy. I I think that is truly second to none. I I, I truly, truly love that. So that's going number one. Biased, I don't care. Number two, Tulane uh, with the powder blue, the green. Angry Wave. Um, And they got some other good logos, like the the surfing um, seagull or pelican. Um, So Tulane. Love their color scheme and logos. Uh, And number three. Number three. Honestly... uh, Honestly, I, I think I think it's uh Cal Berkeley. I, I like that navy, I like that gold. I like the script Cal logo. They have a couple alternate bear logos that I really like. Um so so that's probably what I'm going to go. The uh so K-State lavender, dark purple cocaine Willy, uh Tulane that uh that green um you know, royal bl- blue and all their logos. And then Cal Berkeley. I love a nice navy and yellow. Um, will K-State have any players on the first team all Big 12 in basketball this year or next? This year, no. I think Arthur Kaluma has the best shot. Um, but it's going to be per- very uh, competitive, so I'm going to say no. Next year, yes. Uh, but it's going to be you know a wing player. Um, someone who's either going to play the three or four. Uh, That we bring in in the transfer portal. Um, Final one from Steve Z. I'm mandated to get a second dog. What size and gender are you going for? Breed if you have one in mind. I don't want to get a second dog. Chauncey is so spoiled. Um, Anytime I'm home. He (laughs) hates it when I pet my parents dog Pepper. Who is a very good dog. Shout out to Pepper. Um, So I wouldn't want to. But if I had to. Um, it would be a, another male dog, probably slightly smaller than Chauncey, probably between fifty to sixty pounds, um, and no breed, um, like short-haired mix from a rescue. So there you go. But I, I'm not gonna get another one. Chauncey is too too spoiled and too too jealous if I'm petting another dog. All right, we got uh, we got some from Mark, and then we're going to end with Ema Elvis. All right, first one from Mark. Will the men's basketball team have a double-digit win again this season, or should we fully embrace cardiac cat nature with this team and stress to the final buzzer in every game? I think we probably will get a double-digit win um, again, but I think we're probably going to have more double-digit losses. <laughs> i yeah i i would imagine we have more double digit losses in us than double digit wins Um, but i think we're going to have more you know single possession games than any of them i think or overtime i i think the i think the cardiac cats are, are here to stay and honestly i think that's a good thing i think this team is very good in these those situations and uh I mean, Tang just has an unreal record in one possession games and overtime games. So maybe it's, maybe it's for the best. Is the current state of K-State Athletics overall better or worse or the same as the 2012-13 era and why? Now 2012-2013 we saw uh, three Big 12 titles. Um, football, basketball, and baseball. But if you're talking about the current state of K-State athletics, I think it is better, and these are the reason why. I think you have a stronger um, women's basketball team. I think you have a football team, and, and while there were a couple nine-win seasons left, um, the the trajectory was a I, – I mean, that was the high point um, in, in football, and we all kind of know what happens next. I, I think um, – I think if you're telling me Chris Kleiman's going to stick around for another six seven years, I think that uh, the next seven years are going to be far better than the uh, six that followed the 2012 um, uh, football season. Uh, basketball, uh, we we know again hindsight's 2020. We know the roller coaster ride that uh, you know Bruce Weber was on. He still would go on to bring an elite eight and a Big 12 championship. But, again, in the uh, immediate future, I I think we have a NCAA tournament floor with Jerome Tang with the ability to compete for Big 12 titles, with the ability to maybe get to a Final Four, um, to get to a national championship. So I'll I'll go there. Um, A lot of excitement for the men's baseball team. I don't know enough about it. Again, I, I think that was the last time we were in the postseason um, so we'll see what ha- what's happening there. Again, volleyball I think is in a uh, in an exciting place. Again, Susie Fritz still had a a few uh, tournament appearances uh, after that era. Um, so it's close. Um, what's women's basketball going to be after this year? I, I still think that there's a good enough foundation to get back to the NCAA tournament and, and reestablish um, how things should be with K State women's basketball, even if Aoka Lee calls it quits after this year. Um, so I, I think we're in an overall better place right now. Um, but I, I think the better time would have been last year. Again, this is kind of the bounce back from... Uh, the. I mean, this is more 2013-2014 uh, than it is 2012-2013. Um, but I, I think there's a little bit more staying power uh, for, for this era. Um... Next one, given all the coaching changes on the schedule next year, have you changed your thoughts about how the season could look um, with football? Not really. I mean, I think, look, it seems like Arizona's going to be keeping uh, their roster together for the most part. That's going to be a difficult game. Um, I I mean, Tulane's going to be easier than if Willie Fritz would have stuck around. Um, But I I truly did think we were gonna do think and and did think we would win that one. Um, Some coordinator changes, some position coaches changing throughout, but not really. I mean, for the most part, I still think this is going to be anywhere between a nine and three, and I mean, maybe even an eleven and one type of team. I mean, I hate myself. (laughs) I hate myself for already starting to hype up this upcoming season after um, I've been accused and probably rightfully so over-hyping this uh, past football team. But uh, look, that's just, that's just who I am. And then final, uh, with the 2025 class maybe being the most elite for K-State football, uh, how many of the top 10 uh, recruits are we going to get? Um, I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull up 247. Uh, 2025. Um, look, uh, Andrew Babelola, we have a shot, but I wouldn't predict it. Um, Lincoln Cure, I, I would predict it. Um, Jaden Woods, we have a shot, but I wouldn't, uh, predict it. Dace, uh, D- uh, Dawson Merritt, I don't know. Juju Marks, no. Um, Brock Heath, I don't know. Bryson Hayes out of Mays. I think he committed to Nebraska, so... Um. No, but there's a crystal ball for Nebraska. Um, I don't. I don't know about that one. Charlie Woolman. I don't know enough about him. Kyle Kia, I don't know enough about him. Ultimately, I, I would say maybe three, two or three. Um, like I don't think we're gonna get Deshaun Brame. So I don't know. That's tough. Two or three. I. I, I don't think they're gonna land a ton of them. Uh, but we'll see. It's still early. Still early. All right, we're going to end with Ema Elvis. Uh, what does K-State football still need from the transfer portal? Uh, like we said uh, on the Monday show, um, finally, after after all that time, we have our wide receiver. Um, look, could could they take another receiver? Yeah. Could they take a linebacker? I've kind of started to think maybe they need a linebacker. Um, with some of the stuff going on with defensive end, I don't think you're desperately needing another interior defensive tackle. So, eh. Cornerback, I'd probably like another cornerback. So I'd probably go uh, and then maybe a running back if you want to be picky. So, I mean, uh, another wide receiver, a linebacker. A cornerback a running back and a defensive tackle in that order maybe a safety probably probably don't need a safety but i mean i'll always take extra defensive backs um so you know I, I think they have spots i'm a little surprised they didn't grab a few more um but you know is what it is all right final question can you make any sense of this updated big 12 and national rankings k-state first uh tied for first unranked Texas Tech tied for first, twentieth. KU uh, in a th- like a four-way tie, third through seventh, seven. OU eleven. Iowa State twenty-three. Houston four. Baylor fifteen. BYU eighth place, twentieth. Um, Twelve teams in the top twenty tw- tw- or twenty-five have four or five losses. Why isn't K State ranked? Uh, K State isn't ranked because they have one. Big-time win, and it was a big-time win, and I'm, I'm very happy about that big-time win. Um, but when you look at their losses, um, look, the, the Tech loss doesn't look bad. Um, but, guys, USC effing sucks. They are bad. Miami, maybe, maybe a bubble team when it's all said and done. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Nebraska is a bubble team Um, So so we have some pretty frustrating losses And not a lot of great wins Um, So look, I I think when K-State If K-State were to beat Iowa State or Houston I would anticipate being in the AP Top 25 And the Coaches Top 25 next week if we were to win both of them, let's just hypothetically say we win both of those games, then I think K State would go from unranked to top fifteen. I think K State would go from unranked to fourteenth in the country or something crazy like that. Um, but ultimately, uh, look, they they just were. I mean, they were not impressive at all in the non-con. Guys, our net ranking is still trash. It's in the eighties. Um, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we deserve to be ranked, quite frankly. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I've seen enough from K State on the court to say they're a top twenty-five team in the country. And heck, they're twenty-eighth. You know, unofficially, they're twenty-eighth. Uh, Andy uh, Katz, I think, had us in the top twenty in his power rankings. So look, there's still plenty of respect going around for K State, but I, I just, I just don't think they're a top twenty-five team. Um, the resume surely does not say you're a top 25 team. Um, get at least one win this week, split Iowa State and Houston, then, yeah, I'll, I'll be with you. I think this team should be ranked. Uh, but I, I just just not enough quality wins. I mean, you have one ranked win, one quad one win. Um, and you had to go to overtime or have really close calls with a lot of bad teams. And outside of that Texas Tech game uh, – I don't I all your all your non-con losses are to teams that probably won't make the tournament or if they do it, they're going to be on the bubble so uh, that's how I make sense of it All in all that's all we have uh went a little longer than I like these Q&A shows to go but it is what it is Shout out to our sponsors Charlie Hustle be sure to check out their coach Jerome tang station with the American Coaches versus Cancer And the American Cancer Society, 25% of all proceeds going to them. And the No Quit IPA, New England IPA over at Manhattan Brewing Company um, in honor of Brady. Um, Just just an awesome guy, taken way too soon. Proceeds for that going to a wrestling scholarship in his honor. So please check out our great sponsors. That's all we have. Big game tonight, 8 p.m. ESPN 2 with Iowa State. Hopefully it's a win. Hopefully it's a win, uh, and, and we'll, we'll get to talk about that um, maybe on Friday. 50-50, whether or not we'll have a show on Friday. Um, planning on it. Um, trying to get a guess. We'll see We'll see if that ends up working out. Um If not, I'll talk to you on Monday, but again, trying to, planning on having a show on Friday. So, for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, who now is going to track in mud from the backyard because all the snow is melting. We love you guys, and go cats. It's time to get set for the cat attack. Feel it coming on, for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the.